0: Duh! Thank you, preacher. Well, I'm glad you're here tonight. It's good to be here. Now, I know some of you uh, will have to do this. Some of you older folks that have a hearing aid, you may have to turn one of them down, because I don't want to blow both of them out of your ear. I would turn my volume down, but I really don't know how. So I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I is what I is, and that's all I is. And so I... I would have said I am what I am, but that's Jesus what I am, so I don't want to be compared to him because there's nothing, no resemblance to us. It's all, uh, I don't think resembles is, is the fact that I'm saved and his blood covers me. That's the only resemblance there is. That's the wrong time to say amen, by the way. All right. I ripped on Brother Rick this morning. He needed it, but he wasn't in here. And uh, then, lo and behold, uh, he threatened to put a, a sign on the door that said no reprobates allowed. Well, I knew that meant I couldn't go in, so I was stuck outside all afternoon. No, I wasn't. I'm teasing. But he did threaten to put it up there, and I did rip him this morning, but he needed it. Bless his heart. And uh, sometimes people, you did, I come to be a blessing, and I <laughs> so, okay, boy, oh, boy. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we will get serious. Now, I know some of you are thinking. I know what you're thinking. All right, I, I know. Well, does he ever get serious? No. So I answered your question. You don't have to worry about it no more. Now, uh, you say you you like to cut up and have fun in church. Yes, I do. Why? Because I'm in church all the time. I don't go to the bars like you do. (laughs) I I, I don't even go to Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, and do the chest bumps and all that stuff and and hit on the slow and put it in slow motion. You know, I don't do that. So you'll have to forgive me. My excitement has to come from the Lord's place because uh, I don't go to the devil's place. And so as a result, some of you on this St. Patrick's Day route this afternoon uh, uh, enjoying and celebrating at the bar. And you weren't drinking uh, Coke and stuff either, by the way. But uh, anyway, we have to deal with the sinners as they come. But no, I, we joke about that. We don't want anybody drinking an alcoholic beverages. Seriously, for young folks, I'm just teasing. None of these folks drink. I just tease. Well, most of them don't. There's one or two that... Yeah, a little bit. This is the truth, all kidding aside. When I was a boy, now, I'm not lying now. God knows I'm telling the truth. Preachers have to, it's a sad thing preachers have to say I'm telling the truth because they lie so much. But anyway, I don't, but preachers do. I'm a preacher, but I'm not one of the liars, all right? When I was a boy, this guy went there, this is, I'm telling you the truth. He had a little bottle right here in his a little bitty container, and he'd go, <coughs> and he'd open it up and take a drink of it and run it back away. <laughs> Cough medicine. We all know what was in that cough medicine container. Yeah. When I was young, I thought, I what's in there. And then I got older, and I was smart enough to figure it out. But bless his heart, at least he came to church. you got to give him credit for that. It could have been worse. He could have stayed at home and drank it. So praise God, at least he came to church. Well, hey, I, I do want to move along tonight. Boy, it's been an honor to be here this weekend. I appreciate this church and the people. I really do. And uh, you're a great folk here, and you've got a great work going. You've got a great opportunity. Now, listen. Preacher didn't ask me to say this. I'm leaving tomorrow, so he gets mad at me, I'm gone anyway. You get mad at me, I'm gone. The truth is, listen closely, you need to get behind him on this building. This building is a big thing, but Satan's going to fight tooth and toenail. And if you don't get behind him, it won't succeed. I'm just telling you, it won't succeed if you don't get behind him. You're going to have to see the vision. This morning, my heart was moved. I wish I could have given something. I ain't got anything to give. And I got other things I got to give to. But I thought, man, I wish I had money. I'd give to it. I'm serious. You wish I did too. I wish I had money. <laughs> 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 I could give to a lot of things. But uh, I've just learned. I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I've just learned. You can't out give God. Go ahead. Go ahead and hang on your, your money. Go ahead. Hang on to it. And then some of you older folks, you die. And your kids have burned through it in about three days. After you're gone. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. Or they'll fight over it. We didn't get enough of this. How come you got that? I'll never forget. My mama died. My dad died when I was 17. My mom died. I was uh, 27, 28. My mother died. And, and there was, we have, I have eight siblings beside me. Now, I would tell you where I'm at in it. I'll just say this, okay? They saved the best for last, but I won't tell you who was last. I'll let you guess. And the first guests don't count, all right? But I have, I have seven still alive. And seven was still alive. And one of my siblings' husband, who she's now divorced from, I can see why. But anyway, she shouldn't have divorced her. But anyway, this, this is his characteristic or was in. He goes, Well, we need, to, we need to lock a door and let nobody get in. I didn't even have anywhere to stay when I was there if I didn't stay at her house. You want me to go get a motel when I got a mama's house there? What would I do that for? He said, people will start taking stuff out. I don't give her what they take. It wasn't mine, it was hers. So we settled it this way. If you gave it to her, take it first, and then we'll divide everything else up equally. If you gave it to her, you take it. Make it yours. It's sad. Now, we took care of it. By the way, we got the in-laws out of the way. We made the decision. (laughs) You got to get the in-laws out of it. They'll they'll mess you up. All right? I told my wife, my my mother, or her mother and him, I said, Y'all make a decision, it ain't none of my business. Whatever y'all want to do, do it. And it's not my she's not my mama. I don't have any say so. It's you and your siblings. Whatever y'all want to do, do it. Don't bother me. I still got a place to sleep tonight, whether they do, whatever they do. And I'm still going to eat whatever they do. It's just none of my business. I'm not a part of the family. I am by marriage, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not I'm not a part of the family as far as I'm not a blood kin. So I, stay, I just keep my nose out of it. What do they going to do? Do it. It's between you and them. And, uh, but, you know, listen. Man, you got money. Some of you do. You ought to give it. You really should. You never, God will honor you for giving it. Several years ago, a lady, in, uh, that, that uh, she was in our church for a long time, and she and her husband went out and started a church, and they were going to build a building, and she took her wedding rings, her, her engagement rings, which were very expensive. And she gave them an offering plate. And her father found out about it. He never said a word, but he called the place where they sold it at. He said, hold on to those rings. And later on, he went down and bought them back and gave them back to her. She got the rings back. Now, she didn't know she was getting them back when she gave them, though. Now, I'm not asking anybody to give you rings. I'm not saying that. Mine, you wouldn't want anyway. It's not, not worth anything. But truthfully, you ought to give. And you'll be glad you did. I promise you, you can't. The Bible still says, give and it shall be given to you. pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. You just can't out give God. One night I was at church and I was sitting on the platform. And this is the truth. God knows I'm telling you the truth. Again, we had to explain about the truth. <laughs> Sad, isn't it? And uh, I had a $10 bill in my pocket. And I lived across, just across from the church, across the yard, church just around the corner. And that was my gas money, and some gas money. Today it wouldn't have bought much, would it? Uh, you could have drove from here around the corner and that would have been it. But uh, I said, and I, I, and I had a car it was pretty good on gas. And I, I had that money there. And the Holy, Spirit, there was a missionary there. <clears throat> and the pastor said, let's take an offering. Give a little bit tonight, maybe even if it hurts. And I thought, well, all I got a $10 bill. I don't even have any money in the bank. So I, my bills were paid. I didn't give a rip. And... Uh, Holy Spirit said, Give that 10. And I thought, that's all I got. And the Lord said, Well, you can walk back and forth, you know. And I thought, You got a point. I could. So I just gave it. I didn't think another thing about it. I started to walk after church on Wednesday night. They had choir practice on Wednesday nights after church. And I was in the choir. You ought to hear me sing. Good. God shit. <laughs> I sing on a hill far away. Way away. <laughs> way away. But uh, anyway, I. Uh, uh, Somebody walked up to me afterward and said, Hey, Brother give, I want to give you something. It was a card. And I just slipped it in my coat pocket right here. I never even opened it. I actually forgot they gave it to me. I said, Thank you. God bless you. And I went home. And after, That was right after church. After choir practice, we had choir practice, and I went home. And I, another guy and I, his, his wife would go over to my house, and uh, open my house and spend time with my wife, and they fellowship. And we would do choir, and then we'd go over together and fellowship for a few minutes, and then he'd go home. So I took my coat off, and I put it, hung it in the closet. And when I started to hang in the closet, I thought, I, my hand hit that and I went, oh, yeah, that's right. They gave me a card. And I opened the rest in the card, uh, uh, pocket, pulled out the card, opened it up. And when I opened it up, the card was a card for something, thanking me for something or something. And it had a $100 bill in it. Now, how many of you would trade a 10 for 100? <laughs> uh, by the way, I didn't know I was going to get to 100 when I gave the 10. I just knew I was giving the 10. Now, I could tell you that. I could stand here tonight, and that's not what I'm preaching on. So don't get, don't, don't get concerned. And now you are concerned. Look, you've taken this much time, you're not even preaching on it. Bless God, I thought you were preaching. I've done it over and over and over again and watched God work. But I never saw I was getting it back when I gave it. I just said, God, Whatever. I could tell you about times when I gave and gave till it hurt. And one one time I did that, and my middle son uh, was born. When he was born, my wife had to go in the hospital. She was eclamptic and all that kind of stuff, and almost died. And had to be in a private room. And we went through all this ordeal. And the bill—it was so bad that I—I th- I told Sheila, uh, "Man, get the best you can because I'll be paying for this till I go to the grave." I, I really—I was serious. You can't pay him ten dollars a week and expect to get pay off a bill like that very often. And so uh, I just, um, I said, whatever God, you know what's in the Somebody said, well, they have a charity program. Go down and check on it. And I said, your pride says, don't go check on that. And I thought, well, I won't be prideful. I'm going to go. So I I went down and I was was kind of embarrassed about it. And I asked the lady and she goes, no, no, come on in and sit down. We filled out all the paperwork and she wanted and gave her some other information she wanted a few days later. I'm at home for lunch. I didn't always go home for lunch, but I was that day, and the phone rang. And the lady said, is this Ricky Moon? And I said, yes, it is. And she gave me her name. She said, I'm at the hospital. you remember me? And I said, yes, ma'am, I do. And she said, well, I just wanted to tell you, uh, y- your application went through, and uh, you've been approved. And I thought, well, praise God, they're going to pay 500 or a $1,000 off this ten, eleven, dollars $12,000 bill. I'm excited, you know? And she goes, I said, well, that's great. Praise the Lord, that's great. I'm excited. And she said... Well, do you want me to tell you how much it was? And I said, well, yes, ma'am, that'd be fine. She said, you as as of now, you owe the hospital zero. Now, that's before we had cell phones you couldn't run. So the the rope was only, I mean, the the wire only went so far. So I thought, I can't run yet, but I'm going to. (laughs) Write a note on that, I'm going to run, all right? And I said, oh, man, that's unbelievable. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hung up front and went, Whoa, glory! And then I ran for a while. Now, look, you go ahead and hang on to your money. You go ahead. Go ahead. Take your little money and be stingy and hang on to it. It's my money. No, it's not. It's God's money. If you're saved, it is. Everything He has is, everything I have is His right here. Everything. It's all His. All of it's His. He wants it, take it. And watch God do some miracles. Brother, I'd still be. Here's what I told Sheila. I said, when Stephen gets married, but looks like he's not going to, but uh, he's twenty, almost 24 and just dating a girl sort of, but anyway. Anyway, I said, when he gets married, here's his wedding present. Hey, son, you get to pay the rest of it off. (laughs) Sorry, I just couldn't make it any further. Boy, God paid it off, didn't he? And I'm telling you, there's a great God. You say, well, that would have happened anyway. Okay, think what you want to think, okay? Go ahead, think what you want to think. But I could give you illustration after illustration after illustration after illustration after illustration. After illustration. I just know that you can't outgive God. Do what you want to do. I just know you can't outgive God. And boy, you're talking about the blessings. It'll come the least uh, when you need it the most and it's least expected. Well, that's not what I'm going to preach on, so I'm going to hurry and get on this sermon so you don't get too. I better take my watch off so I can look at it. They don't have a clock back there. I heard it fell off and hit a guy in the head. Yeah. Uh, I was hitting the head a couple of times, too. You can tell that, too. But anyway, I had older brothers that beat the fool out of me. You know what it is. You younger brothers know what I mean. I was their punching bag and stuff like that. And anyway, no, actually, they weren't that bad to me. They, well, they were, too, now that I think about it. Genesis 22. (laughs) Genesis 22. Would you stand with me out of respect of God's word? I'm going to read a few verses, and then we'll pray, and I'll get you. And after we pray, I've asked, I hope, preacher, I didn't ask permission. I hope it's okay. I've asked your daughter if she'll sing that song she sang this morning again because it goes along with the message, and you bear with me. And by the way, I will get you out right on time. Don't worry. I will get you out on time. I promise you. Look at chapter 22. Follow along silently as I read out loud. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. By the way, that's a good thing to do when God talks to you. And he said, Take now thine son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, enclaved the wood for the burnt offering, rose up and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. For burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And I want you to notice our text is verse number 7. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold. And here's our text. Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb? And I want to speak to you after she sings this song for just a few moments on where is the lamb? Father, help us tonight, please. Take the thoughts and use them to bring honor and glory to your name. Lord, I'm not much and I know I'm not, but you're great. And the cause is great. And your word is great. So take the word of God and apply it to our hearts and to our lives. Bless this special song, God, empower the singer. Fill her with your spirit. Touch our hearts and prepare us and use us tonight in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you.
1: To some it's just an emblem of formality, it's a symbol that
0: for the people that might think I'm loud. All right, anyway, (laughs) I'm just teasing you. Bless your heart. You're a great crowd. All right, better than the one I had last time. They run me out. But the last place I was at, they, I'm just teasing. This passage of scripture is a very, very sobering scripture. It really is. We cut up and have fun, but boy, this is sobering. God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, take your son. Thine only son. We know he had Ishmael. But this is one God had said. Through his seed. Through his seed. I'm going to bring the children of Israel. And so forth. And multitudes are going to be born. And God said take him. Abraham I want you to go up to Mount Moriah. I want you to offer him for sacrifice. And I have three sons. I wouldn't want to offer any of them for sacrifice. Honestly. Call me, what you want to call me? I'm not giving up my kids for somebody else. God said to Abraham, take your boy. You love him. I want you to go up. God had a proposition here. God said, look, I want you to go <clears throat> and start on a quest. That quest is to take your son Isaac, the one you love, go up to Mount Moriah and offer him there for Burnham, up on one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Can you imagine Abraham that night before he went? what it must have been like during the night, wrestling with God. God, what are you doing? I don't understand. You made me a promise. You promised. God, you promised. That through, Abraham, through Isaac, would be your, the seed would come through Isaac. The seed and the seed itself would come through Isaac. God, I don't understand. I really don't understand. What are you doing? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, that he counted the fact that God, really, I'll paraphrase it, that God was going to have to raise him from the dead. I'm going to show you why I believe that in just a moment. But he went on the quest. But I can imagine the night before, even though you know, you ever, any of you, probably many of you have, had a very, very serious surgery where you could have died on the table. And you went into that night before and you were confident that God was going to take care of you and whatever happened, you was going to heaven if you are saved. But there was still a little bit of anxiety in your heart imagine it wasn't just he's going to have a surgery he's fixing to have to do the surgery on his own son and kill him now why did God ask him this we'll find out in a few moments but he goes on the quest as we go on this quest God makes this proposition to him and says hey I want you to go and start on this quest the Bible says the next morning he rose up early in the morning I think I'd have slept in that day and said, God, I I just don't know. Let's think about it more. I'd have been like Brad wants to be. He wants to leave tomorrow night. We're leaving at 7 a.m., buddy. Get ready for it. Amen? I'm sorry. Tell her you love her tonight. What have you got to do? But tomorrow morning, we be leaving, all right? I got to go. I got to work for a living, all right? (laughs) I can't have fun all my life, all right? And the Bible says that he rose up. In the morning, he saddled his ass, and he took two young men with him. And Isaac. They clave the wood for the burnt offering. He rose up, went to the place God told him about. And on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw this place far off. And the Bible says this. He said to the young men, "Abide you here with the ass." And then watch this. I want you to notice this next statement. "I and Lab will go yonder and worship." And What's the next three, wo- the next four, or five words? "And come again unto you." He didn't say, I will come again. He said, the lad and I will go and come again. And you, God had to raise him from the dead because God made a promise. I say to you this evening, when it looks like it's not going so well and it looks like there's no way it's going to turn out right, God made a promise to you. He'll keep his promise. If God made a promise to you, he'll keep his promise. God always, always, always keeps his promise. Never slack. Never slumbers on it. He always keeps his promise. God said to Abraham, go up. He went. See him on the quest. And then I noticed this. You get down to verse number. By the way, Hebrews 11, 17 through 19 is where you'll find it. He knew God would have to raise him from the dead. The Bible said they left. Went both of them together. Took the fire, the knife, the wood and left. Verse 7 is very interesting. Isaac says to his father, Father, he says, Here am I. He says, We got the fire and we got the wood, but I don't see a lamb. Where's the lamb? Where's the lamb? Where is the lamb? I see everything we need but a lamb. We don't have a lamb. How are we getting a lamb? Abraham says to Isaac, look in verse number eight. And Abraham said, My son, notice these next one, two, three, four, five, six words, for God will provide himself a lamb. I want you to know something. God never puts words in the Bible he doesn't want in there. Now listen to me. Listen to me now. He didn't say God will provide a lamb, he didn't say God will provide some lamb. He said God will provide himself a lamb. God will provide himself a lamb. I'm not going to get into typology and Isaac being a type of Christ and all that. I'm not going to get into that tonight. You can do that later and argue it and do whatever you want to do. But I'll say this. I see him on a quest. Probably with a broken heart even though he knew God had to raise him up. But then that question had to burn deep in his heart as he looked at his son and realized son, <laughs> ooh, God will provide himself a lamb. And may I say this? God did. But don't you to notice something? Don't you to notice? That's the proposition. You go do it. But then God gives the purpose. Look with me, please. They came to the place where God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there. He laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called on him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad. Neither do anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Now watch this. God had a purpose. Many times you look and say, what was God's purpose? It's right in the scripture. Number one, to test him, to see if he would trust him. Will you trust God with your children? Will you trust God with your time? Will you test God with your treasures? Hey, what I talked about a while ago. Didn't mean to say it, but it just came up. Will you trust God with your billfold? Will you give in the offering next week? Till it hurts? Will you trust God? Maybe he's testing you. Will you trust God with your money? Will you test God with your time? Preacher, I just don't have much time. I need time to myself. What for? So I can be selfish. I want you to invest yourself in the life of others and see what God does. Well, that didn't go over too good. (laughs) 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 I'm high. Who does he think he is? I told him in the meeting that day, <laughs> I've had two or three people one time say to me, I was preaching." They nice, said, well, who do you think you are, God? And I told him in the meeting this week, I said, yeah, I think I'm God. Can you imagine if I was God and I could create everything? Would I make a face that looks like this if I was God? <laughs> the sad part is I'm better looking than half the crowd. That's what's sad. And if you were God, you certainly wouldn't have made yourself look that way. Surely you would not have. No, I don't think I'm God. I know who is God, though. I know him. I have a personal relationship with him. Amen. God said, "I want to test you and see if you'll trust me." The Bible says, "And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a, him a ram caught in a thicket, and his horns. Let me move this where I can read, and, his, and by his horns, and Abraham went up and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering instead of his son. Boy, I bet his son was glad to see that ram." <laughs> But Isaac went. Whew! I would have. The Bible says in verse fourteen, and Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh, as is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. I'm not going to go into the it, but I can show you other words where the it means a seed. And I can go through the Bible and show you where that it is talking about Jesus Christ. But I'm not going to get into that today. Again, that's too too much time to consume. But trust me, I can do that. (coughs) Excuse me. But with that said, Jehovah Jireh literally means the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide, verse 13 and 14. I like this, verse 15 and 16. And the Lord will prosper. Look at this. And the angel of the Lord called Abraham out of his heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and, not, and hath not withheld thy son, thy own son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seeds as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is on the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of the enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. God said, I'll prosper you. Why? Because you trusted me. When I gave you the test, you passed the test. You trusted me. Now take your Bible and turn back, if you would, to John chapter number 1. The book of John, the, the gospel of John, chapter 1. Will you look with me just a moment at John chapter 1? I'll give you a moment to find it. John chapter 1, I want you to see this. I'm going to read a couple of verses while you're turning there. And I want us to look at a couple of verses toward the end of the chapter. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life and the light that lighteth men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehend not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness to that light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that comes in the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came in his own, his own received him not, but as many as received, and them gave to the power to become the sons of God, even them that blew on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And that's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now look at verse twenty-nine. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him. And he said, saith, "Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world." Look at verse 36. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, "Behold the lamb of God. Aren't you glad God provided a lamb?" Isaac said, "Where's a lamb? And Abraham said, "God will provide himself a lamb." May I say into this evening, God certainly did that. In the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, we had a lamb. And I am so glad this evening that God said, Hey, you need a lamb? I got one. Amen. Christ is that lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. May I say unto this evening, we ought to be excited about Jesus because He took away our sins and we to realize He was that lamb. You know, I look at some of the characteristics of this lamb and it gets me excited. Let me say this. Turn to you're in John. Turn to John chapter ten. Look at John chapter ten, verse number eleven. John chapter ten, verse number eleven. And the Bible says, "I am the good shepherd." This is Jesus talking. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. Knows that giveth his life for his sheep. Verse fourteen. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and I am known of mine. And the Father knoweth me even as. So, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. Other sheep, and other sheep I have, which are not of the fold, this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man take it again, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment I have I received of my Father. Did you notice something? We have, number one, a lamb that's willing. We have a willing lamb. Aren't you glad Jesus Christ was willing to go to Calvary for you? Well, aren't, aren't you glad God, Jesus, was willing to leave the portals of heaven, leave everything, and become a man? And the Bible says in the book of Philippians, He became a man and took on the, uh, the, the form of a man and, and a servant, even unto death. It's one thing to be a servant and it's one thing to die, but to die the death of a, of a criminal? That's a different thing. And Jesus didn't just die on the cross. He died as a criminal. Here was God. God in the flesh. He was God that created the universe. The God-man. 100% God and 100% man. And He says, I'll go to the cross. I'll become sin for them. I'll be that lamb that needs to be provided to pay the sin debt for mankind. He was a willing lamb. I'm glad I've got a willing lamb. I don't just have a lamb, praise God. i got a willing lamb. But not only do you need a willing lamb, but you've got to have a worthy lamb. Some folks say, I'd be willing to do that, but they're not worthy to do it. Praise be unto God. Turn your Bible. Now this really cranks my motor, so I'll try to hold it down, all right? I'll try not to come unglued. But in Revelation chapter number 5, I read chapter 4 and 5, and it just cranks me up. But look at verse 5, And I saw in the right hand of him that someone was on a book written within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book? And the loose seals thereof. Look at verse 3. And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither on the earth was able to open the book, neither look down. They weren't even worthy to open, they weren't even worthy to look. And the, John says, And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look down. But here comes the good part. And one of the elders said unto him, unto me. Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, the loose of seven seals. And I beheld, lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and the midst of the elders, stood a lamb. Well, guess what? It done come and got it. It was Jesus. Look what he said and I beheld I stood a lamb that had been slain having seven horns seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth and he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the throne and praise God you won't know who was on the throne it was God the father if you don't believe me read chapter 4 I don't have time tonight and if I read it I'd get more excited now and I don't need to get more excited I do have a pacemaker defibrillator and I don't want it to go off on me All right. but I'm saying and he took the book out of him that sat on the throne and when he had taken the book the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors which are the prayers of saints and they sung a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and the open the seals there for thou wast slain and hath redeemed us to God by the blood of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hath made us into our God kings and priests and we shall reign in heaven and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand Ten thousands and thousands of thousands sing with a loud voice. Where is the lamb, man, I didn't. I don't just have a willing lamb. I got a worthy lamb. It's about time we fell in love with Jesus again. It's about time some of us got in and said, "Hey, it be good. Come in the water. It's fine, brother." I'm telling you, we got a willing lamb, but we got a worthy lamb. Some people say oh, I'd be willing to do that, but they're not worthy to do it. Christ was not only willing, but he was more than worthy. For he was God in the flesh. The God man. Why was he worthy? Because of the payment for our sin in verse 9. Why was he worthy? Because 1 John chapter 2, and I like that too. All right? I like it so much I'm going to turn there. 1 John chapter 2. My little children, verse 1, these things write into you that you sin not. If any man sinned, we'd have an advocate. Oh, yeah. With the Father Jesus Christ the righteous. Hey, you need an advocate? I tell you where you can get one, one that will plead your case. Amen. And he is the propitiation by our sin. The underlying thought of propitiation means satisfaction. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary, the Bible says that his shed blood, blood was shed for us. And if you remember correctly, when Mary came to him after he'd risen, he said, don't touch me. The high priest was not allowed to be touched when he had the blood to take it and put it on the mercy seat. And I don't think he'd gone to the mercy seat yet, and I think he was fixing the go. And I think he took that blood and he went up to the mercy seat because the, the temple on earth was patterned after the one in heaven. It had a mercy seat like the one in heaven had. It had the Holy of Holies like the one in heaven has. And I believe Jesus Christ, that high priest, and the Lamb too, he was not only the, the, the sin debt, but he was the one who went and he paid it, but also he took it with him. And I think, preacher, he went to heaven and he went into the Holy of Holies with his own blood and he went into the Holy Holies and he sprinkled it on the mercy seat and God the Father looked down and God the Father said I'm satisfied I'm satisfied I'm satisfied I'm satisfied see if it was if God wasn't satisfied we'd all bust hell wide open but praise be to God he said I'm satisfied God Almighty said Jesus is the propitiation for your sin not for yours only but for the sins of the Whole world, boy, I'm glad that. Amen. He was not only a willing lamb, but he was a worthy lamb. He satisfied the judgment of God. But the sad part is, he not only was a willing lamb and a worthy lamb, but in order to be the, pay the price, he had to be a wounded lamb, a lamb that was wounded. Chapter five, verse six. We read it a while ago. And behold. I beheld low in the midst of the throne and the four beasts in the midst of the elders stood the Lamb as it had been slain. As it had been slain. Verse 9. For thou wast slain and hath redeemed us by, the, by thy blood. He had to be a wounded Lamb. I like this part. Go to Revelation chapter 7, verse 14. And I saw him, sir, and I said to him, sir, thou knowest, and he said, to thee, these are they which came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Not only is he a lamb that's willing and worthy and he's a lamb that's wounded, but he's a lamb that washes white as snow. Aren't you glad you were all cleaned up and washed up when you said yes, friend? I don't understand it. I don't know exactly how it happened, but the day I walked that aisle and got on my knees and said, "Jesus, I trust you as my Savior," that day—I'm talking about that instant. I'm talking about that moment. Jesus Christ came into my heart. He adopted me in the family. He saved me. He baptized me in the body of Christ, and all that—he washed my sin, my old wicked, dirty sin. He washed them white as snow. Oh, white as snow, he washed them. I'm talking about white as snow. When God the Father looks down, He doesn't see Ricky Moon's wicked, cold, indifferent heart. He doesn't see the wicked, vile, dirty things I did. He just sees the blood of Jesus. And you know what? That means I am washed white as snow. Oh, precious is the flow that washes white as snow. none other fount I know. Nothing but the of Jesus. Friend, you got washed whiter in snow. Some of you need to realize you're saved, and when you got saved, you got cleaned up. Some of you are, listen to me, some of you are hanging on and you're going, oh, and you come to the altar, oh God, forgive me for that sin I did back 30 years ago. Oh God, forgive me for that sin. Look, friend, He saved you. He forgave you. That sin's been settled. You don't have to hang on to it anymore. It's gone. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. And some of us would be more happy, more excited, and more productive in our Christian life if we'd realize we've been washed white as snow. Does that mean we go around and live like the devil? No! God forbid! Praise be unto God, I am washed white as snow. You may not like what you see, but God likes what He sees because He sees the blood of Jesus. Amen! Amen! He's not only a lamb, it's willing and worthy and wounded. and washed as white as snow, but I like this part. I like all of it, as you can tell. I've been saying it every time. That's because I like it, all right. Chapter 5 of Revelation again. Verse 11. And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That's a lot of people. A lot of angels. Sing with a loud voice. By the way, here's why I'm loud. It says with a loud voice. By the way, you know what the word preach means? To proclaim and to herald God's word. It doesn't mean to do this. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here today. Please, I don't want to raise my voice. It means to herald God's word. Okay, now I'm scriptural. That may be the only thing I'm scriptural in, but I'm, at least in that I am. All right? Notice what he says. I like this. Sing with a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing in every creature which is in heaven on the earth and on the earth, such as are in the sea. And all that in him heard I sing, blessing and honor and glory and power be in him that sit upon the throne forever, uh, unto the Lamb forever and ever. You know what they were doing? They were worshiping him. He's a Lamb to be worshiped. Now here's where we fail. We're afraid if we really worship God, we'll... we'll we'll, we'll look like we're odd. Look, I'm not for praise services, like, you know, getting up here and... I'm for praising, but I am for praising God because He said to praise Him. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you just spent time praising Him for for what He's done for you and worship Him for what He is and praise Him for what He's done? Somebody said it in a class or somewhere this morning. They said, Count your blessings, might have been preacher. And he said, Just think about it. You stop and think about all the good things God's done for you. Folks, when's the last time you did that? Just stopped and thought about how good God's been to you. Friend, how good he's been. Instead of whining and complaining about all the things that you don't have or you didn't go right, think about all the things God's done for you. What a savior! Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Boy, he's good. But he's the lamb to be worshiped. He deserves our worship. He deserves it. He deserves us to worship that lamb. Isaac said to Abraham, Father, yes, I see the fire. I see the wood. Where's the lamb? Where is he? I ask your question, where's your lamb? He's worthy. He's willing. He was wounded. He washed white as snow. He ought to be worshipped. We're to fall on our face, prostrate before God and say, oh God, I'm so dirty and wicked and you're so good. One night I was walking up down the aisles praying at church. Several of us were praying. It's kind of embarrassing what I did, but it's like God just said, get on your face before me, you dirty sinner. And I bowed down before him. And I just stayed there for a few minutes thinking about how wicked I was and how wonderful he is. And then I got to think about how good it was to be washed whiter than snow. That I was clean. And I said, Dear God, I'm so sorry. I don't worship you like I ought to. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I let other things get in the way. Instead of just praising you for who you are. Omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God. What a great God. By the way, the devil's not omniscient, omnipotent, nor omnipresent. But the Holy Spirit is, God is, and Jesus is. All the above and a lot more. I'm talking to these guys, when, when Josh was in college there, I made this statement. There was a song called The Champion of Love. Some of you like that song. I'm not as fond of it as some people are. It's okay. It's not scriptural, though. Jesus is not the champion of love. There never was a battle over love. My Bible says God is love. He's the very essence of love. He's everything love is. He never fought as if he was the cha- ca- uh, the champion of it. There was no. There were no battles. There was no tournament. He just always was. <laughs> He's love. Some of you need to have more love for your wife or for your children. You know where to get the love at? You come to the source of love. If I want a drink of water, I go out there to the water fountain or to the faucet and get it. Or to one of these bottles that's got water in it. If you want love, just go to where the faucet is. And turn it on. It's called Jesus. It's called God. It's called the Holy Spirit. Come and say, God, I just need more love. And he says, you can have it. You have not because you ask not. If a man like wisdom, and ask to God, He gives to all men liberty praise not. He shall be given. We need wisdom in our life. Come to God. I'm not against you reading books, but you might want to come to God and ask Him for wisdom. He did say, I'll give it to you. And you don't even have to pay for a book. You already got it. It's called the Bible. Where is the lamb? God's provided a lamb for salvation to save us. God's provided the lamb for service so we can serve him. Are you serving the lamb? Where is the lamb? God will provide himself a lamb. And that he did. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I could have come here tonight and preached on some sin. I didn't want to do that. I'll let preacher do that. I don't know what your sins are and don't even want to know. None of my business. I know one thing. We have a lamb. Praise be to God. He's worthy to be worshipped. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, friend, that lamb was slain for you. And that lamb wants to save you. And all the debt's already been paid. All you got to do if you want to put to your account is come to Christ. And we'll have someone take a Bible and show you from the Word of God how you can know for sure heaven's your home. Many have come forward. But if you're here tonight and you're still in your, you're sitting in your pew, listen to me a moment. Have me even say, with well, your head's bowed and your eyes closed, no one looking around. I know, Brother Moon, for sure, that if I died today, heaven would be my home. Not a doubt in my mind about it. Would you slip your hand up it holy tireless men? I know that I know that I'm saved. The Lamb has saved me and given me eternal life. I know I'm born again. Thank you. Maybe You may put your hand down. Number two, let me ask you this. You couldn't raise your hand that time. You say, Brother Moon, truthfully, I don't know that I'm going to heaven. One of the men at the retreat and one of the men at the men's conference had been doubting it for a long time. And on Saturday, he got it settled. Praise be to God. He got settled his salvation. Maybe you're hearing you're not saved. And you know you're not. Or maybe you're hearing you're doubting your salvation. You say, Brother Moon, I don't know for sure heaven's my home. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up with no one looking around? Would you slip your hand up and hold it out just a second? Anybody? 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 I don't know for sure heaven's my home. That lamb, was, that lamb died for you and was buried and rose again and paid the send it for mankind. And now he's ascended to heaven, sitting on the right hand of the throne of God Almighty, praying for us, we who are Christ saved. He wants to save you if you're not saved. Now for the rest of us who are Christians, that Jesus at lambs at the right hand of the thrones, I said, make an intercession for you. He's worthy to be worshipped. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be extolled. Will you do it in your life? Maybe some, something in your life, some, your lifestyle, some action, some reaction, has not shown how much you love him and has put a black mark on your name and made you not look like he's what he ought to be in your life. Maybe tonight you need to make your way to the nearest aisle and come down the front and find your place in this altar. The pianist will begin playing in just a moment. I'm going to pray. I'm going to have you stand. Would you please stand with me? I'm going to pray. And when I say amen, the piano's going to start playing. Many are to altars. If God spoke in your heart, you make your way to the nearest aisle, down the front and do business with God. Father, bless the invitation. Holy Spirit, please, please, please have your way. I don't know what the people's needs are, but I'm so bad you do. Give them the courage and the character and the conviction to do what they ought to do. Maybe somebody needs to go to somebody and get right with them. Maybe somebody needs to go grab somebody and say, let's go pray together. I don't know what the needs are. But God, I pray you'd bless this invitation time. It's all yours. In Christ's name I pray. Our heads are still bowed, our eyes are closed, the piano will begin to play. Many have come, would you move? Right now. Come, it's God's spoken to your heart. Just come. The Lamb's worthy. The Lamb is willing. The Lamb was wounded. The lamb washes white as snow. The lamb to be worshipped. Oh, what a great God we have. Abraham, I'm testing you. I'm going to see if you'll trust me with your boy. I'll see if you'll trust me with the most valuable thing outside your wife you have in your life. I'm going to see if you'll trust me with it. Yes, I will, Lord. Yes, I will, Lord. God said Abraham you passed the test there's a ram in the thicket don't bring that knife down on your boy there's a ram caught let your boy up take that lamb and slay oh what a hallelujah time I bet you they had I bet Isaac had a hallelujah time I guarantee I would have oh God will provide himself a lamb where's the lamb don't worry son God will provide himself a lamb and that he did with you.
2: think a whole lot needs to be said after that, do you? Well, we certainly appreciate that. That was good. Simple, very straightforward, Uh, nothing difficult about that. I like that uh, we praise God for what He's given us or done for us and we worship God for who He is and that's good. That's so good. All right, well, we're going to close tonight and before we close, let me just remind you, again, I mentioned it's Wednesday night. I mentioned it on closing this morning. Don't forget we, we do have a, a church that's interested in our building up here. We're not sure exactly where that's going yet. We'd hope to have a little bit better feel for that by today, but unfortunately we, we may know by tomorrow sometime uh, there's supposed to be a meeting and they should give us some kind of a little more clearer direction as to whether or not they're really going to move forward or not. And hopefully by Wednesday we'll have some news for you. And uh, then don't forget to keep praying about that situation with the um, uh, Verizon Wireless or whatever. They're possibly going to put a tower up on the property over there somewhere, back in the corner, way down in that part of the property that we're going to be purchasing. But since we have a lease to own the property, uh, Mr. Dadado can't enter into an arrangement with them because we, you know, it's our property basically at this point. So we have to work on that, and we'll see where that goes, but we're supposed to be meeting with them as well. So we're not sure exactly when, but uh, uh, they have shown interest and want to meet with us again about that. And so be praying about those things. And don't forget, next Sunday is going to be our uh, Celebration Sunday, or as you would say, our For His Glory offering as we take up that offering for our uh, uh, the building. And just as we prepare to make our move in December to the Carousel Dinner Theater, which will become Community Baptist Temple. and. Some say, well, it's already our building. I know, but we're not in it. So as far as everyone in the world is concerned, that's the carousel still. But once we get in there and we start worshiping there and ministering there, people start coming there, well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's going to be an amazing place. And we're excited about Amen. it. And uh, So anyway, you prepare, you plan, you pray, and you ready yourself for next week. All right? Amen. We're going to dismiss in a word of prayer. And, again, thanks for coming out.